0: What's up guys. Welcome back to another episode of THP strength. Today we are going to be diving into tendon stiffness, why it matters, what it is, some of the details on the specific variables that matter when it comes to your tendon and how it functions to help you jump higher. This podcast is going to include a lot of back, basic science as well as background into the tendons and explains a lot of why certain athletes are able to do things while other athletes can't, that goes beyond, well, they're just genetically gifted. What makes them more genetically gifted and how are they more genetically gifted? That's what we're going to be diving into. And we're discussing again, specifically the tendons. And if you understand how the tendons function, it can help you understand their importance, which can help you understand how you should be setting up your training and what you should be prioritizing. Without further ado. Hunter, what are your questions that you want answered via this podcast? And how can I get there?
1: First off, see you 2020. <laughs> you sucked. Welcome to 2021. The bar set really low for you 2021. Let's beat it.
0: <laughs> it's not hard. Uh, not hard. Brief update or a uh, reminder. We had forest fires. We had riots. We had an election. We had COVID. We had, he says,
1: he says, COVID just half heartedly is a global pandemic. It, <laughs> sucks.
0: it was everything shut down. <laughs> DHP grew.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: that was the most important thing. All in all,
1: what a fucker yeah. of a year that was.
0: <laughs> Isaiah hit a touch 12, too. It wasn't bad. <laughs> everything wasn't terrible. Anyway, Peace. hope you guys had a good end of year. Hopefully, it went well for all of you. But back to you, Hunter, back to you. What specific questions did you wanna answer? Did you write them out? Did you listen? Yeah, so
1: basically our topic today is tendon stiffness. And my question around that is, there's a few, but mainly it is, as an athlete, we all, a lot of our athletes wanna jump higher, they wanna run faster. And so something that you very quickly come across in improving your athleticism is, you gotta increase that tendon stiffness. Easy said. And there's a lot more that goes into how to actually do it. And so I thought this would be a good topic Just to go over the background of tendon stiffness and then move into practical ways that you can actually you know increase said stiffness
0: yeah that all said i mentioned this briefly in my post i believe my story maybe a couple days ago and i also mentioned some of the muscle physiology in my post about hunter actually today and some of the ways that we're using his training journal as a way to educate you guys and to teach you why certain elements are in the training when they're in there. And on my story I talked about how the nervous system functions to recruit muscles and certain things that might seem menial but actually make a big difference. For example, in the post it was standing up faster. Tendons, like I said, are very important and are responsible for the elastic return that you see in anything with a collision between you and the ground that has a very short ground contact time. If you're looking at upright sprinting, you're looking at Nick Briz, Yannick Claussen, these elite high jumpers, elite long jumpers, you're seeing exactly that. Very short collisions with the ground, under 100 milliseconds or under 150 milliseconds. If you're taking off and seeing massive displacements, you're seeing guys run over 12 meters per second, which is almost 30 miles an hour. If you're at Usain Bolt, you're seeing guys jump almost 30 feet, which is a first down, long jumping a first down. It's crazy. You're seeing guys jump over eight feet in high jump, which is Displacing 50 inches, that would be getting your, getting a six-foot guy's chest over the rim and flipping while doing it. You're seeing that sounds decently athletic. Yeah, you're seeing gymnasts flip upwards of eight plus feet, or displace 60 inches in the air. They're in the air longer than any other athlete. They're able to displace their center of mass higher than any other athlete on the planet, and this is all because of their tendons capacity to store and release energy and the underlying principles that make that happen. So getting into it here, tendons and their function comes down to material science. It comes down to their ability to deform to a certain degree and then return that the amount of energy it takes to deform and obviously the amount of return that you will get when they return to form. If you look into material science a little bit more deeply, You'll see a couple common terms. One is stress. Stress is a measure of the internal forces between particles. And then you'll see strain, which is the measure of deformation. So if you can imagine a steel bar, your ability to pull it apart and the amount of force that it took to pull it apart and how much energy you got via pulling it apart with respect to the distance that is stretched is a measure of its stress and strain. It also can be further explained by something called Young's Modulus, which is the slope. And that will tell you how much did you stretch it and, or for how much you stretched it, how much energy did you get out of it? That's Young's Modulus is mega important because it very much explains the underlying principles in high jump, two foot jumping, one foot jumping, and basketball and dunking, and is very relevant to understand if you want to get a full understanding of why certain athletes are doing certain things and troubleshoot and problem solve. For example, if you're looking at me as an athlete versus Isaiah, why is it that I'm better at upright sprinting than he is? He's twice as explosive as me. If you were to look at his, not twice as explosive, but he's way more explosive as me than I am. He can jump 50 inches, one of the highest jumpers in the entire world. He's a great accelerator. Why is he not running faster than I am when he's upright? And why is he not jumping higher than I am off one foot? He's jumped off one foot for years, he has the capacity to do it, his relative power is significantly higher, his coordination's better. What about his body is different than mine that is making it difficult for him to surpass me in that quality? Why is he not in the NFL? The biggest reason why is because of our tendon properties. My tendons are stiffer than Isaiah's are, specifically in my Achilles and my patella. Therefore, I am able to take advantage of the deformation that happens and get a higher return than Isaiah would. Isaiah can tug on his tendons more easily and can get a big return from them but when he has too much energy tugging on the pulling on that tendon he doesn't get as much of a return as maybe I would. For example if you're upright sprinting your heel can only go so far to the ground before you get a return and if you had a stiffer spring then it would take less loading and you would get a greater return on that sprint. So if you're using bolt and you're on the ground for 80 milliseconds, that tendon is going to function very optimally to push off of the ground and displace him forward very quickly. If you have a really soft tendon, then it's going to need to stretch more, which means a longer ground contact time, which means more braking, which means less propulsion on the push off, because you would need more stretching for it to occur. Unless the the gastroc or soleus could tug on the tendon a little bit more, but that's what, uh,
1: what percentage of tendon of tendon capability is muscular versus conditioning of that tendon.
0: Do you mean, what do you mean by that question? Ask like it if
1: it, okay, so I'll try to ask it a different way. The ability, let's just take a standing vertical jump. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's very different than a one foot approach jump, but just this one example, a standing two foot vertical jump. How much of that would you say is due to. The athlete's ability to recruit muscular force versus his conditioning of the tendons to be like a stiff rubber band as he lowers and then very quickly fires the muscular like the muscle fibers
0: it is dependent on both the ability of the muscle to recruit force and how fast and also the tendons properties both you couldn't really say a percentage of either one it's more that you are you are you're either a cheetah or you're not a cheetah you're either you're a deer or you're not a deer
1: so there's a sliding scale
0: it is it is a sliding scale and you can be more like a gazelle or more like a cheetah or you might be uh, so when you
1: see those offensive linemen preparing for the nfl draft and a video leaks of them doing like a standing windmill dunk would you say those are more just pure muscular forces and less.
0: That's not necessarily what I meant by that, but it's more, it's more that your tendon properties are largely determined by the type of cross-linking that you have because tendons are cross-linked together and that's mostly genetic and it can be modified a little bit, but for the most part, there's conflicting research on whether or not you can really change the physiology and the building blocks of your tendons so that they're stiffer or not stiffer we know that you can change the, the function of them. That's been observed over and over again in research. difference between
1: function and physiology of it.
0: Yes, so is I wouldn't even say is maybe not necessarily the correct term, but it would be like, we know that this thing is made of steel, but how this steel acts is different depending on like the person. And we know that we can't change how what this steel is made of. We know that it's this much, this much, this much, this but we know that we can change the function. We know that if we stretch it one inch, we can get a ton of force. If we stretch it one inch, we can get this much energy out of it, or if you were to use Newton's, it would be equivalent, let's say it was a ton of, literally one ton of, you could lift one ton up on the return if you stretched it one inch. We know that you can't change the material, but you can change its function. If you stretch it one inch, we can get it to go to three tons. That's how your tendons function. They can adapt so that that, if your tendon stretches one inch, you can get a ton more force out of it, not literally a ton more. You can get a lot more energy out of that tendon. Whereas any other material that doesn't happen because our bodies are adaptive, they can change somehow. We don't really understand. Some people think that it's, you get more cross links or you get bigger tendon with more hypertrophy of the tendon or a bigger tendon. And that bigger tendon is filled in with more densely packed stiff collagen cross links, <clears throat> which is very complex physiology and biochemistry that I don't even fully understand. I'm not going to pretend to, but it it's hard to measure. And it's also very difficult to assess change in, which makes it difficult to concretely say what is or is not happening. But we know on a macroscopic level that the organism can adapt and move better or jump higher or whatever else because the function changes.
1: Do you we know, know how tendons hypertrophy? Because with muscles, it seems like maybe some hyperplasia, but more so myofibril hypertrophy with maybe some sarcoplasmic hypertrophy. Do we know how tendons hypertrophy?
0: They are, there's a lot of conflicting thought on it. Keith Barr believes that there's more, more cross-linking and more of the ground substance in this regular dense fibrous tissue. In, of connective tissue, and that the tenocytes produce more of this collagen matrix. And this matrix, as it produces more of this collagen matrix, it stiffens. The difference is that fascicles, muscles, are cells. They are cellular with a sarcoplasmic reticulum and a cell membrane, and they have, they're much more, they're less of a ground substance. You can think about your tendons like, It's not all of it. Not all of it is alive, if that makes sense. It's hard to explain, but your muscles have the capacity to contract and shorten actively and they're controlled by your brain. Your tendons aren't like that, but they're not innervated. They are just a material. It is just a structure that is the result of tiny little cells inside of it spinning web and pushing out this matrix. And that's really the way that it hypertrophies is that these little you think about them like little spiders inside of this structure that are just spinning web all the time and getting the tendon to change its structure and change its function via that's one potential mechanism. Again, we don't really know, but this is the one that makes the most amount of sense to me, and this is via Keith Barr and some of the other individuals that I've talked to and Ebony Rio and Joe Cook and some of the stuff that they put out. So how it works, we think the tenocyte is stimulated via time or tension time being at least 40 30 seconds to 45 seconds of load or a continuous load of upwards of five minutes is what keith barr says i think it's roughly you need a five to ten minute load to the tendon to to stimulate a tenocyte and then this tenocyte and that tension has to be above 70 percent of mbc which is maximum voluntary contraction and then it will start to produce collagen matrix which will stiffen the tendon potentially it will strengthen the tendon potentially, and over time make you a better athlete. I would is that is that
1: a cumulative time during a workout, like five yep. minutes under in first, load?
0: In our workouts, it would be in the first ten minutes of the warm up of the so it's warm-up.
1: not you're not talking about like isometric holds. You're isometric talking about
0: too. It's just okay. it's, it's a matter of what function will result. What function will change as a result of the stimulus that you used or The dependent variable being the function, the independent variable being, did you skip or did you do isometrics? Both of them will load time and tension to 70% and address that five to 10 minute period. But one of them is gonna do it in an elastic manner and another one's gonna do it in an isometric manner. The isometric manner is going to cause creep in the tendon, which means over time when you apply a persistent force, it softens and changes the cross-linking which will address the core of the tendon and could cause it to produce collagen matrix in the core of the tendon. Whereas when you have bouncy, elastic contacts, there's something called, I believe, stress shielding, but essentially the collagen crosslinks uncoil and they create a very stiff structure that is mostly on the outside structure of the tendon the central part of it isn't necessarily being loaded the same way that the outer part of it is. And it's super complex, I don't, I can't pretend to fully understand it. Look at Keith Barr's lecture on YouTube if you wanna get more into the nitty gritty of that. But that is, to my understanding, the difference between the two. If you do the bouncy stuff, it'll make you better at the bouncy stuff. If you do isometrics, it'll potentially allow you to stimulate collagen production. And the same thing happens with heavy slow resistance training, which is another reason why we, we do it work. What Keith Barr, thinks too. Keith Barr thinks happens is that you override that cross-linking and get it to, to soften. You can think about it like surface area on water or surface tension on water, sorry. If you slap water, it's really hard, right? If you hit it really fast and strike it, it's really hard. If you slowly put your hand in, it's really soft. And that's kind of how tendons work. When you stretch them really fast, The cross-linking happens and it becomes super stiff. If you let it really slow, it stretches out. If you've ever put cornstarch, I think in water and you threw it against something, it's like really hard. And then if you slowly put your hand into it, it's like really soft. The same thing that happens with tendons.
1: Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. So then you get into Keith Barr's research about supplementing with collagen and vitamin C pre like rehab for said tendon not like stressors but injuries and is that just supplementing that's just saying that in your blood while you're going to load that tendon you are giving the capability of the glycine and other amino acids that are the building blocks of that tendon and ligament to actually grow or recover
0: yeah the mechanism i don't know if we fully understand i think again if you listen to the keith barr lecture he really goes into it there's a couple enzymes and key They're proteins that are activated that cause a cascade of biochemical processes that, again, I don't remember exactly what they are. And there's some like DNA stuff that happens with certain things being stimulated certain ways. And then like certain proteins are turned on or off. Again, I don't I can't pretend to fully understand it. And these certain proteins cause these biochemical processes to to happen and cascade and get the ball rolling down the hill, which is one potential mechanism for how it happens. But also having more bioavailability of glycine or whatever the building blocks of collagen is and vitamin C makes them more readily usable by the tenocyte. And we've seen this in radio labeled collagen that we consume and then ends up in the tendon in less than I want to say it's like forty eight hours or something like that. You might know better than I do, Hunter.
1: Yeah. So Keith Barr's study that I really think kicked this off was done in twenty sixteen. I'm looking at it right now. So oh, what they did What's that? Mine was off memory. Yeah, I was gonna go off memory, but I have a computer, so computer <laughs> it is. But basically the they supplemented with gelatin, and then the amount of glycine, proline, hydroxyproline, hydroxyl lysine peaked one hour post supplementation. And they did, uh, what was it, five minutes of yeah. like Please. jump rope, of rope skipping, yeah. six minutes of rope skipping. And the subjects who took 15 grams of gelatin had double the amino terminal propeptide of collagen 1 in their blood. And so this was, in their opinion, indicative of the ability to increase collagen synthesis which might play a beneficial role in the injury uh, prevention and tissue repair
0: yeah so, it was like, so hey, it's like there's more bioavailability of this in your blood if you take it right five to ten minutes before your session and when you load it and it becomes super anabolic or start synthesizing collagen matrix the the get you it's more that you've loaded it, it's activated all of that cascade that I talked about or whatever the DNA, RNA well, stuff is, and then you have the bioavailability of it that you can start actually using in yeah. the tendon. Yeah,
1: tendons, ligaments, and, and like those types of tissues, they don't get a lot of blood flow. They only really get soaked in blood during an exercise where they act like a sponge. And so I think the theory is if you have a lot of those amino acids floating around in your bloodstream, no, that's
0: I don't even think it's really even like that. I think it's, it's like water retention. There's not even really blood in them in that scenario. Like they're not even, it's not even like a sponge. I don't think. Where did you get that analogy?
1: I think I've read it somewhere. Maybe i heard it, Keith Barr talk about it, but it was just my understanding that don't get any really blood flow unless you're really exercising them or, or moving the joint. And then when you're really moving the joint, that's when you get the maximum amount of actual flow, like. Maybe it's just literally fluid, but I thought it had to be blood.
0: I don't think it, it's not blood. There's almost, because if it were blood, that would mean that there would be an immune response and that the physiology would be very different. And this is what Ebony Rio and Jill cook have indicated and that it's not quite like that, but I don't think we need to get into the okay. the biochemistry of it. This is where I nerd
1: out, but yeah, stay on track. It, <laughs> we'll like stay on that,
0: track change. It definitely can make a change, but back to the. modality improve this and change it or maybe more importantly what does it mean for you as an athlete how does this any of this apply to you how do I know how to use this and what does it mean if you back to the Isaiah and John example if you suck at standing jumps but you are you can run really fast and when you have an approach into your jump you jump a lot higher you have very stiff tendons and you're gonna do better in elastic activities maybe that changes the way that you play on the court maybe that changes how you train maybe that changes what you focus on when you're training maybe that changes what how you coach an athlete to perform a different movement or how you choose to perform a different movement and further it can give you a better movement strategy as far as how you should be jumping and explain what jump strategy is going to be best for you and also how you should be training to to maximize that so if you have really stiff tendons and you know you should probably jump off one foot if you should jump off one foot, that you need to be doing more activities that are gonna stiffen the tendons and that is going to give you potentially a greater performance improvement than strength training. Strength training has been shown to increase tendon stiffness. You can just go to Google Scholar and type in resistance training and tendon stiffness and you'll see a bunch of studies talking about the changes in the tendon stiffness during isometric, isometric assessments on an isokinetic dynamometer. And looking at the stress and strain and looking at Young's modulus and we see that heavy strength training or just strength training in general can change the function of the tendon and it can stiffen it. You will also see studies that say that it can't and strength training is not very effective at making the tendon stiffer. So it's up in the air. It seems like the age has something to do with it a lot and the type of proteins that are resynthesized in the tendon there also seems to be some role of how the training was done and whether or not you've hit those thresholds for intensity and time but either way I would say you need the muscles to propel you and allow you to move so you should always be training those anyways you should be doing strength training for other reasons but there's a good chance that doing there's a good chance that doing strength training is going to optimize that even further. And going back again, how do you use all this? If you're a two foot jumper and you're looking at why is it that I can jump super high off a stand, but I suck at my approach jumping, it might be related to your tendon stiffness because if you have really strong muscles and really soft tendons, then that would mean that it's easy to stretch the tendon. And so the muscle wouldn't have to produce as much force as someone who has a really stiff tendon to stretch it, which means that it takes less, there's less of a threshold for you to stretch that tendon and get a lot of force. If you think about an extension spring, there's some extension springs that are so stiff that you can't even stretch them. They're so stiff that if you pulled on them as hard as you can, you couldn't even stretch them. There's a certain minimum force that you need to start getting them to budge. And the same thing is true of your tendons. If you have a tendon that's so stiff that when you lower and jump on a standing jump, there's not enough load and you're not changing your momentum fast enough and there's not enough a check in that momentum to stretch that tendon, then you're not gonna get the return that someone else is that has a tendon that's really soft like a rubber band that can just pull it apart super easily. So when you stretch down or when you squat down and you have a soft tendon, it's easy for that tendon to stretch. And the more that it stretches and the easier it is to stretch, the more return you're gonna get. You can just think about pulling a rubber band apart and you observe that pretty pretty simply and you'll jump way higher on a standing jump where time is not a variable doesn't really matter it's a pretty simple task and the tendon property of you having a soft tendon makes it easy for a weak muscle or even if you had a strong muscle to pull on that tendon more you're going to get a big return on that jump you're going to get it happen in the Achilles and probably the patella too on the jump now conversely if you suck at standing jumps but you're or you're decent at standing jumps you're decent at one foot jump, but you're really good at two foot jumping, that would mean to me that (laughs) you're in this mid range where you have pretty stiff tendons and you're super, super strong. And so they're not so stiff that you're better at one foot jumping and you jump like Nick Briz, but they're not so soft that you are amazing at standing vertical jumps or some activity that's considerably slower. So when you're going through your approach jump off two feet, you're going to jump way higher because you're in that sweet spot where you're able to tug on that tendon and get a lot of force out of it. And your muscles are really strong so they can pull on the tendon and get a lot of force out of it. But again, you're not going to, and you're going to get a ridiculous jump, but again, you're not going to be super crazy at one foot jumping where you have half as much time and your tendon, might stretch a ton, but you're not going to get near as much force as someone who it has a very stiff tendon and maybe tugs it and increases the distance of that stretch in the tendon, let's say four inches, both in both jumps, the tendon stretches four inches, but the guy with the stiff tendon, his stretch is four inches and he gets two tons of force. And if you don't have a very stiff tendon, you might get one ton of force, but in your one foot jump or your two foot jumping, maybe the one foot guy can only stretch his tendon one inch. And so he gets half a ton of force, but you can stretch your less stiff tendon four inches, so you're able to get four ton- or two tons of force as well in that jump, and then your outcome is way better. So the guy with a super stiff tendon, he's never gonna be good at things where he's not able to stretch the tendon a lot. If he can't load the tendon, he's not gonna get a very good performance, and we see this all the time. This is why Stefan Holmes has a shitty standing jump. That's why he can't jump very high off a standing just standing approach, jump. And when people are like, Oh, your vertical jump is this. I'm like, vertical jump is a shitty indicator of freak performances. In my opinion, the stuff I love to watch is running as fast as what is equivalent to a Ferrari in the car world or a dragster. (laughs) And then just launching yourself into outer space. If you're a long jumper or you're a high jumper or whatever else. And so I look, I like to look at, those athletes and the properties that make them super freaky. Do I respect the guys that are have insane standing vertical jumps? Yeah, I respect it. Like I respect chi and, and stuff like that. I think they're freaks. But for me, the angular momentums that you see and the forces that you see and the velocities that you see in guys with really stiff tendons is way more complex and way more interesting because there's more momentum. And when that happens, your entire physiology internally is going to change. So how that dictates your training. If you're a two foot jumper, you shouldn't be doing super stiff plyos at the end of your progression. If you're a one foot jumper, you should be doing stiff plows at the end of your progression or close. What jump. if
1: someone wants to go from two foot to one foot, is that possible? Or is that a fool's?
0: You can uh, do it. It's just that it's going to be really hard to be, to be good at all the above. Now keep in mind, the way to get really good at all the above is to have very stiff tendons and then a super strong muscle. That's how you get really good at everything. And that's where Isaiah is, right? He's got really stiff tendons, but he's also got crazy high force production and rate of force production. So not only can he, that's what makes every NBA player good and every freak athlete in the NBA good. They're able to take advantage of any velocity that they're moving and get a ton of energy in that movement that will propel them into outer space. That's why LeBron James is such a freak. He can do everything. So you definitely can't. Zion. Zion. Like Zion. Zion. You can definitely train yourself to have a muscle that's so strong or so powerful in it's contraction that no matter what your tendon property is, you're going to get a massive return on it. And even if it was a super stiff force transducer and you couldn't even stretch that tendon, let's say you're so powerful that all that happened is you had a more efficient transfer from that muscle to the ground through the lever system, which pushed you upwards because you pushed through the ground. So there is a way to to compensate for that internally is yeah, if you have a super stiff tendon, just get super strong. And if you have a soft tendon, you can stiffen your tendon. So generally speaking, we should always be trending towards getting more powerful and the capacity to produce more force fast. And we should also be trending towards getting stiffer tendons because your goal is to be so strong and powerful that no matter what the movement is, you're able to take advantage of that tendon's elastic properties that will let you jump higher, cut faster and run faster. So yes, you can,
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs>
0: <a good> job. <laughs> but other than that, I covered everything. It was super complex going into that stuff. And I hope that I covered everything in decent depth. I did not what? necessarily do it all justice, but I tried Hunter, Do you have any other questions?
1: <laughs> no, not really. The good news is that John monitors his YouTube comments for 24 hours post video. So the inevitable questions that come just feel free to barrage him with the comments (laughs) yeah we'll sleep
0: we'll try to get this up asap guys i hope you guys all had a good new year's eve and new year's hopefully 2021 it goes better for society but after 2020 happened you never know (laughs) make sure you guys like comment and subscribe subscribe. youtube channel and follow us on instagram if you're looking for coaching you guys can go to thpstrength.com if you're looking for supplements we have the link in our, in the bio of this video.
1: So we'll you, put it in the bio of this video. You can check Legion, it out shout out, but yeah. Anyway, happy New Year's. I'm recording this January first. Let's hope that we clear that low bar for twenty twenty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Woo! All right, peace out, guys.
1: See you, guys.